Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm Nicholas. I'm joined by Jeremy, who is desperate for Ava to win a Grammy for Best Record of the Year tonight. And oh. Justin. And I'm um, joined by Justin, who was disappointed to find out that Turning Red was not a documentary on becoming a communist. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. What an introduction. Wow. Uh, Look at this guy. <laughs> he, thinks he, he thinks he's the funny one. Oh. <laughs> Well, he's behind a curtain, like he's doing a monologue, so it's fitting. All right. Well, I mean, clearly zero things happened in pop culture last week that are worth talking about. So this is going to be a, a really short episode. Um, I mean, you know, there was nothing happening while we were recording that would be worth talking about. Not at all. No, 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 no not, not can't think all. of anything. Nothing, nope, nothing, nothing. No, no event that we... Well, I have a tendency to talk about nothing crazy happened at that event. Um, so, right. We have to talk about it. We can't ignore it. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, several, uh, Daniel Radcliffe says that he's tired of hearing about it, but that's what, uh, that's what we get paid the big bucks for to talk about your entertainment needs and, and, and your, that is in in the, the advertisement we do we do promise that we talk about all the entertainment news that you need to know about so i, I mean maybe if they maybe if they paid us the big bucks we would stay away from some topics we'll pay you to not talk about this <laughs> so all right, um, done. so oj simpson uh Decided he had to give his two cents and said that he was uh, super, super disappointed that Will Smith would slap Chris Rock. Because you know what I think of who I need my moral lessons from, who I go to for advice on right and wrong, how to handle things. uh, I immediately think of the guy who murdered his uh, wife and a random uh, waiter. In Whoa. pure in pure rage, allegedly, uh, Alleg- allegedly, it's now. I'm not even going to say alleged. I, I <laughs> and, know, and it was a family friend, not a random waiter. Uh, it wasn't really a family friend. It was it was really kind of a random waiter. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he was returning her sunglasses. He wasn't really in a relationship with her. He was just a a waiter uh, who was familiar with the family. But yeah, I I mean, I'm going to say that he did it for, I mean, to just to retread on old moves. Uh, I mean, listen to the, listen to that interview he gave where he, where he was talking about the book, if I did it and tell me that man isn't just telling you I did it. No, he's telling you if he did it. You're right. He's just playing it's, out it's a right, scenario. It's right there in the title. If You know, you know, when you're asking your friend a question, all right, hypothetically, um, if I had a friend and he really needed to, but then I was trying to, I mean, he was trying to, <laughs> that happened so many times during that interview. 
Anyway. Allegedly. Yeah, well, I just don't want anyone coming after me. It's just uh, I'll, I'll let it be known that Justin and I are saying allegedly. Uh, we don't <sighs> we don't we don't want any white Broncos showing up in front of our houses. You know what OJ bring? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid of an old decrepit man. <laughs> maybe maybe 20, 30 years ago I would have been, but now I'm not. I'm not, not scared of him at all. Uh, anyway, so Will Smith took it upon himself to walk on stage at the Oscars and slap Chris Rock straight across the face. Do you think it was staged? I don't think so. Uh, I was going to say 50-50. I mean, my, my initial response when I saw it was... Man, is that stage like it looked like Chris Rock knew it was coming, it looked like the hit was coming, and the fact that nobody was like trying to stop Will Smith from walking right up to Chris Rock and doing it, it was like, okay, well, that's but it was Will Smith's reaction after he slapped when he kept yelling, Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. That I was like, uh, okay, maybe this isn't staged. Yeah, yeah, and then and then all of the stuff that has come out since then with the Oscars being outraged and like Will Smith resigning from being a member of the Academy, right? They're not they're not done punishing him yet. I, I think there's going to be other punishments beyond just that. Uh, maybe it isn't isn't fake, but man, it. Uh, what do we? What do you guys think of Will Smith's career going forward? Uh, he'll still get roles he'll still bring in the, the box office numbers yeah i agree i don't think he's gonna have too much trouble like i think it's, it'll be rocky for a couple months and then it'll just be like business as usual yeah yeah that's kind of what i feel i mean so many people are like oh will smith's career is done it's like oh man it's will smith because the other question is like well why didn't security stop him from getting to chris rock because it's will smith like you know, any, if a seat filler had decided to like jump up on stage, I guarantee you he would have been tackled before he got to Chris Rock. Yeah, definitely. It, it was Will Smith. Security all looked at each other and went, "That's that's Will Smith." And they probably all thought it was, you know, some sort of scripted thing that nobody bothered to tell them about. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, Will Smith refused to leave after we asked him. Why didn't the police do something?" Because it's Will Smith. You think the police are just going to go up and arrest the man in the middle of the Oscars? That would have been awesome, though. Yeah, that would have brought in some buzz. <laughs> it would have. I mean, I will say it is really fishy that, you know, the Oscar ratings were as bad as they were. But it wasn't like they were, like, they're pumping it for, like, a couple weeks going into it going, what is Chris Rock going to say? <laughs> will Smith, Chris Rock, blood feud. Like they weren't like the, you know celebrity so, death match, right? I mean, yeah. so it wasn't. Uh, I mean, so they can't say it was for ratings because nobody would have known. I mean, people already weren't watching it. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like if if you know people were calling each other going, "Oh my god, did you see that?" No, and then flipped it on. And right. It was. I mean, right. pe- nobody was watching it already anyway. Mm-hmm. It was the second lowest rated Oscars in, in basically Oscar history. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, if you look at Chris Rock's face after that, he legitimately looks stunned. Like he's like, "What the fuck?" Well, <laughs> like for a while afterwards, like as someone's up on stage presenting for something coming up, he's like in the background going, "Like what the fuck?" <laughs> so he did well, a good he did a good job of not retaliating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, you know, I mean, if it had been like, I don't know, like we were, like I was talking to somebody and they were like, you know, if that was, I'm just Eddie Murphy or Dane Cook or, you know, Bert Kreischer or some other comedian, Joe Rogan, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if Will Smith would have not been met with, you know, a right cross right back at him. Yeah, oh, yeah for, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that is <laughs> what do you think about that, Justice Cat? Yeah, <laughs> no, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, you could tell though that Chris Rock kind of wanted to hit him back by watching his reaction, it looked like he loaded up a little bit. But it also looked like he had his thumb tucked into his fist, so he probably would have broke his hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's and ultimately in the long run, it's gonna be better for Chris Rock to have not retaliated. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna look it it, it makes him look better. Um, right. You know, it, it makes it makes Will Smith look worse. And honestly. At the end of the day, and and all, there's a lot of memes, and I don't necessarily know if we're going to go into it because I don't want Will Smith coming to my house and slapping me. But there's a lot of stuff that's been said about Jada that makes her look really bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so you're you're afraid afraid of Will Smith, but not of OJ. No, I mean Will Smith is uh, barely older than I am, and uh, in really good shape. OJ is an old, decrepit man who spent a lot of time in jail. Doing nothing but working out. Yeah, I'm still not overly worried about him. <laughs> so is there, any, is there any old men you're afraid of then in the celebrity game? Hmm. And what do you classify as an old man? Let's see how old OJ is. Yeah, what about Arnold? Do you think you'd be able to go a few rounds with him? You know what? Maybe Arnold now I maybe could go a few rounds with. But Arnold back in the day, he would, uh, well, you know, like if Will Smith had walked up to him, Arnold probably would have knocked him clean out, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OJ's yeah. 74. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. He's really old. <laughs> what does he look like? Look like he could still throw go a few rounds? I don't know. Would Jay now? Maybe. I probably still wouldn't want to mess with him. I mean, there is the crazy factor. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, like, overall. He snapped before, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> you keep saying this word. I don't think you understand what it means. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, we don't understand it. Yeah, allegedly. All right. Well, I mean, oh, this is a, allegedly an episode that's going to be posted <laughs> <laughs> allegedly on Monday. <laughs> um, allegedly number what? Fifty-one. Allegedly. allegedly. 
Um, I mean, other than that, nothing happened in the Oscars that are worth talking about. I don't I mean, know anything else that would that even happened besides that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. I don't well, know. I know he won for what best actor after that. Yeah, yeah, he won for best actor after that, and you know, a lot of people are like, "How dare you still give him an award?" It's like. Okay, but first off, they decided that we, I mean, that was voted on weeks ago. Like, they already had the statues engraved. Like, it was done. Like, it was, like, they can't take it away because of something he did an hour before. Yeah. Sure, they, sure they can. I mean, they can take, they can take, try to take it away from him now, but, you know, I don't know how who, well that. Who presented him the award? Do we I, know any of that information? I mean, I'm sure we can look it up, but I honestly don't know. I, I would have set the word down and been like, all right, before I give this to him, I'm going to get to a safe distance. <laughs> set it down, take a couple of steps back. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that, I mean, it feels like every comedian has come out in support of Chris Rock. Um, I do understand why. I mean, you know, it's a fraternity, you know, thing like, you know, you, you've got to stand up for your brother. Um, but uh, I don't know if I agree with the sentiment that there. A lot of these guys are saying that they're like, well, Will Smith has just made it okay. Like he's just made it open season on comedians, and and he's just given all the wackadoos the you know the idea or the the right to walk up on stage and slap a comedian if they don't like what they're saying during the act. And it's like, well, first off, some people no, are some people are might try that. First off, he didn't give anybody the right to do it. Secondly, um, wackadoos might have already done that anyway. He didn't. They, none of them needed Will Smith to, to so, show him. So I think at what next month when we see Weird Al, if he doesn't play a song we like, can we just get up there and smack him? No, because you don't have celebrity <laughs> privilege. <laughs> well, we we have a mildly. Allegedly (laughs) successful podcast. Well, uh, we're on like the X or Y list. Wait, you're putting us above Z? Yeah, I think we've moved up from Z. Oh, okay, all right. Allegedly, allegedly, we we do we do have at least one fan. Yeah, because uh, there's one person who started interacting with our Facebook page. Like he uh, he likes everything that we put on, and like he's made some comments. Um, they've oh. all just they've all just been like emojis. He hasn't like actually said anything, so there's been nothing for me to like interact with him on. Nice. But he's not like he I've looked at his I looked at his page and he doesn't like none of the three of us have like a shared friend. So I don't wow. think we so I don't think we know this person. So we have a fan. Wow. Our Ooh. fan of the month. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. give him a prize. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> a prize, a prize of we gave you a shout out, and uh, don't, don't remember. I think it was Troy, <laughs> but um, anyway, but I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with a lot of the comedians saying that, that, that this puts it open season on comedians. I do understand where they're getting the idea from because i mean it, uh, we are living in this world where people can't seem to take a joke that's true mm-hmm. and and you know it is it's scary if will smith is going to walk up to you on stage and slap you what's going to keep 
Billy Joe Bob Smith from walking up and slapping you or doing something worse because, you know, he didn't like the joke that you just said or a way that you just said the joke. Yeah. And, you know, when you're at the Yuck Yuck Club in downtown, uh, there isn't really security between you and and the, and the crowd. Like, you know, may, maybe you're on a, a, a three-foot stage or a bit of a riser from all of the tables, but, you know, unless you're Gabriel Iglesias and you're playing the Riverside, so you've got the giant stage and then the bouncers between you and the rest of the audience, but, you know, if you're at just the normal, you know, whatever, you know, laugh factory is, there's not, there's, uh, no, yeah. space. there's no space between you and the crowd, but, I mean, to say that Will Smith did that, I mean, ignores a lot of history of, like, I don't know, the guy who walked up on stage and shot down back Daryl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's happened before. It just happens rarely because most people understand the social contract. Yeah. And probably a lot of it, too, that happens you don't hear about. It's probably so minor that they're just like, oh, it's not even going to be reported that this guy went on stage. Well, because, you know, if it's a comedian that nobody's ever heard of, who cares if that person got slapped on stage or not? I mean, people should still care. <laughs> I mean, you would think there's a lot of other more important things happening in the world, but all people have talked about this week is Chris Rock getting slapped. So, and then, and then we followed that right up for the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, but so we're the grand finale. We're going to end the week out with our opinions on it. And they were just finally stopped. Well, yeah, well, they were waiting for us to give our two cents before they laid it to rest. Yeah. That is true. I mean, that the world does hinge upon our opinion. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, the other big news that happened this week that uh, was kind of shocking was Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis is suffering from a disease called aphasia, which apparently is a mental disorder, and it is generally caused from either having a stroke or some sort of traumatic brain injury that uh, affects uh, your ability to communicate properly or, or remember certain things. There was three different versions of it, and I, I don't remember all three of them. But he is suffering from it in such a way that he is, uh, they say, stepping away from acting. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that means he's just straight up retiring. Like, I don't think we'll see. I mean, there's a couple of Bruce Willis movies that are in the can, but I don't think we're going to see any new Bruce Willis movies past that just because. Oh, I could I could see him maybe doing like little cameos, but I don't see him being a lead anymore. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were talking. I mean, stuff that's been coming out in, since he's since he made the announcement. Some of the directors he's worked with a couple of times over the last few years are like, this guy has a handler on set at all times to the point where like we even start casting the handlers with him because we have to keep them in the scene. He has to wear an earpiece so that like somebody off screen can read him the line so that he can just repeat them back. You oh, know, at that man. point. Um, there was one there was one story and, you know, there's an actress who was like, we they kept handing him a gun and he kept, you know, it's a fake gun and everybody knew it was, but he kept firing it on the wrong like mark because he was supposed to fire it after a certain word, but he would fire it at the wrong time. And they said he did it two or three times. Um, 
And so, you know, before they were like, all right, we have to change this. And of course the producers were like, no, and I'm sure it has everything to do with, with what's going on on the, with the, the Rust, uh, Alec Baldwin stuff. Oh yeah. You know, they're all, you know, are trying to deny it and also somewhat to protect the, the legacy of Bruce Willis. But I mean, at the end, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, some of these stories that are coming out, you have to go, where's the responsibility of movie producers or Hollywood or Bruce Willis's family to say a long time ago, pull him back and say, we need to stop now. Like, it's no longer safe or prudent to have you acting on these films. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's sad. I mean, Bruce Willis has done some amazing work. I mean, you go back and you look at Die Hard, Fifth Element, Sixth Sense. And those are you know, those are some really good yeah. movies. Hudson Hawk. Well, all right, not all of them. <laughs> look who's <right>. talking. <laughs> Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legend. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has done some really good stuff. He's done some really bad stuff, but there are very few actors out there who can who can genuinely say they haven't done at least one really bad movie. Right. Uh, for sure, for sure. I wasn't kidding with Hudson Hawk. I like that movie a lot. <laughs> I know I saw it once because people were, I mean, that was one of those like, you know, bombs. Like people were yeah. like, this is so bad. I remember watching it going, why did everybody hate it? It's not that bad. But I don't, been, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't remember it really. Chris is like obsessed with it. He loves that movie too. He's, he's the one that introduced me to it. <laughs> but well, let's yeah. see. where can we watch Hudson Hawk? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, look at that. We can watch it on Netflix or we can watch it on Tubi. So you can watch oh. it on Netflix. You can watch it on Netflix with no ads. Or you can watch it on Tubi with ads. So, you know, perfect. Depending on, de- depending on how you want to, you know, operate your evening. Um, so yeah. Um, now, in light of now, we didn't talk about them at all this year because as much fun as we had with the Razzies a few years ago when we were talking about joining the Razzie group, because you know you could pay like. $45 or whatever it is to join the voting rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they Razzie stopped being, in my opinion, stopped being as much fun because it became very political. Like, it did? It, yeah, I mean, it got so like the people they were, they were started to nominate, like, you know, they started nominating people in documentaries for like worst actor. Or you know, or you know, worst screen couple, or, and it was just like, guys, this is not what Razzies were were meant to be fun, and to poke fun at the bad movies that Hollywood put out when they were like trying to sell you on it being a good movie. Like that's what it was for. It wasn't to like come down on shit that's already shit. Like you know, like right. tra- trauma should have never been like trauma would have never been eligible for a Razzie in my opinion, because trauma was intentionally making bad movies. Like, you know, we're talking about like, 
uh, say Justice League. I mean, not the Zack Snyder cut. I haven't watched that one, so I'm not going to you know, comment on that one. We're talking about the Whedon cut. Like, that movie deserved to be nominated for Razzies because that's a movie that they were actually trying to make as a good movie. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it needs to be made fun of. But um, this year for the Razzies, they created a, a category just for Bruce Willis. And it was, like, worst Bruce Willis performance of the year. And I guess he did, like, eight movies last year. Wow. Jeez. Oh, um. Uh, and so they gave him like a couple of Razzie awards for, for the year, you know, just talking about how terrible he was. And um, the Razzies uh, have since come out and said, you know, we now, given the knowledge that we have now, we rescind those awards. We're, they're, we're taking them away. They're no longer like we're striking them from the books. Like they're not there. Anymore. Um, well, it's good for them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe next year we'll talk about the Razzies because it seems like they've done the right thing. I mean, you can't... I think maybe that says you can go back the last year or two, depending on when they I'd say, all right, this is actually how long we know Bruce Willis was, was sick or, or had, you know, had this... I don't know if it's a disease or, or an illness or if there's really a difference between the two, like... I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's technically a difference. Yeah. Between, you know. Right. You know, or or if it came from, or if it's an injury, because I mean, you, if you get hit head in the heart, head hard enough, or you have a stroke, like yeah. You know, so I don't really know. I'm sure that. I mean, all right. If you're a doctor, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know. Is there a difference medically between disease, illness, and injury? Like, obviously, I know there's a difference between illness and injury, but, like, when it comes to classifications, like, you know, is there really a difference? Yeah, that's a good call. And also, then, if you after you're done hitting us up, hit me up directly, because I got some stuff I'd like you to take a look at. Oh, so you're looking for some free, <laughs> for some, some free medical care? <laughs> yeah. Got this, uh, got this spot right here. <laughs> we'll run yeah. an ad for his office. Right Free ads. Um, or hers. Free, free ads for free medical care. Seems like a fair deal to me. Yeah, well, I think so. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> All right. Um, but do you think that, I mean, given the unique scenario that it was like, clearly we now know that like the reason that the last handful or, you know, dozen or so uh, Bruce Willis movies have been so bad is because like, he's really suffering from something. Um, but do you think this is kind of maybe a bad precedent for the Razzies to sit back and go, uh, we're taking that one back. Or is it, is, is it because it's such a unique scenario? Is it the right call? Yeah. I think it'll be so rare that this happens in the future with other actors or actresses that, it was a good call. Yeah, I agree. Good call. All right. Um, I can't even think of the last Bruce Willis thing I saw. Me neither. <laughs> now that oh. you were saying it, I was like, I, I'll look some stuff up. But yeah, I don't know the last movie. Is. I didn't see Glass. Did you guys see Glass? I did see Glass. Glass was pretty good. I didn't. 
I do. I do. I mean, because I've never heard. I mean, if he had a stroke, they kept that out of the news completely. And I mean, who knows with the type of movies that he was doing with, you know, five diehards and, you know, the stuff that he did on the set of you know, Unbreakable, not so much Glass, but I mean, Hudson Hawk. I mean, he's after Die Hard, he became a pretty big action guy, Armageddon, you know. Maybe, maybe he took a hard hit somewhere in the head or a couple of hard hits in the head. Yeah. You never know. I mean, so yeah. I'm sure it's, I'm sure stuff like that will eventually come out. People can't keep stuff hidden. Right. Which, oh man, did I keep that? I, I wonder if I did or not. I'm going to vamp for a second while I look right. up something. What do you got, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I got some. I got some stuff later on. All okay. right. <laughs> All right. Well, before Not, before we nothing get to, right now. Before we get to our last uh, our last bit, I have. So I found this tweet. Um, I thought it was longer than four days ago, but apparently it was only four days ago. Well, anyway, one. All right. Listen carefully. Always. One obvious thing about conspiracy theorists that they never had um, is that they, okay, hold on. Let me start over again. Let me read this clearly and not a mumble now. Take two. One, one obvious thing about conspiracy theorists is that they've never had to plan or coordinate anything difficult in real life. Like what project management tool do they think the lizard people are using to keep everyone coordinated and on schedule? <laughs> true yeah <laughs> so i mean i know that i know that conspiracy theories are fun and i know that we've had a lot of fun with them but when i saw that i'm like because that's been my thing about conspiracy theorists for a long conspiracy theories for a long time the bigger the the bigger the conspiracy like the moon landing when you get thousands of people involved you are not keeping them all quiet you just aren't you can't like, if you get a conspiracy theory outside of really, I mean, one person, which at that point is not really a conspiracy, but, like, because I think you have to have, like, a minimum of three people to be, like, considered a conspiracy or something like that. But, I mean, the second you start getting five people, one, six two. people. There's three of us right here. Right. Start one. But, you know, but the second you get, like, to a certain number of people, you, you're not going to keep it quiet, maybe for a little bit, but at some point, somebody's going to break. Somebody's going to talk. Somebody's going to write well, something down. Somebody's going to write something down. Somebody's going to record something. There has actually been a history of people breaking silence. Like, remember that Fox special about the moon landing? <laughs> they had to blur that guy's face out and change his voice. Or the alien crash at Area 51. Yeah. Or, or the fact that every one of those uh, have been debunked for what they were, but anyway, nah, anyway, I just saw info. that. <laughs> uh, I saw that and I went, okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, as somebody who has had to be a, a who has had been a man in management at some point in my life, and I mean, granted, it was only I think at most I had four guys working for me. That's hard as hell keeping four people in line. I can't imagine trying to keep several hundred in line and getting everybody on time and straight and like all on the same plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I think that's where, I mean, the, the guy's right. I mean, 
people who are dieharding the conspiracy theories have never tried to like you know manage a a, a group of people before. <laughs> I've managed groups of people, and I still believe in some some of them. Well, I'm not saying that all of them are crap. I'm just saying that <laughs> most of them. Because <laughs> my other side of the conspiracy theories is that eventually somebody. If you let a conspiracy theorist talk long enough, they're going to blame the Jews. All right. Okay. <laughs> Alleged, allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, you let a you let a flat earther talk long enough. At some point, they're going to blame the Jews. Guaranteed. I'd be curious to hear about how the Jews tie into all that. You know, it's every time they do it, it's always a stretch, and that's when you know that that person has gone over the crazy line. They've gone over the flat Earth. Right, it's <laughs> falling off the flat Earth at that point. You know the hot. You know that 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 meme of the hot crazy scale, the Mendoza um, diagonal. Yeah, the the you know you can. Oh, all right. After we're done recording, look it up. Look up the hot crazy diagram, all where right. there's a certain level of crazy, like a certain level of hotness, can also get you to a certain level of craziness before, like you know. If you're only, you know, such and such. And I mean, this goes for both genders. I'm not just saying about female. Um, so don't don't come at me. You know, like <laughs> if you're if you're only this hot, you can only be this crazy. You know, if you're this hot. So like if you're a 10, yeah, you, you can maybe go to the eight or nine on the crazy scale before people are like, eh, I'm done with you. If, <sighs> if you're if you're like a three and you're at like the eight on the crazy scale. People are going to, you know, they're not going to pay attention. They're going to be done with you long before. Right. So, you know. Huh. The, the guy who has a, has the video, it's hilarious because he's treating it like it's like an actual, like, scientific, like, you know, he's got like a, and he looks like a, like a teacher or like a scientist. I, I can't remember if he had a lab coat or just, he has a whole diagram. It's very funny. Anyway. I'll check it out. Um. Okay, so my last bit is Michael Bay. I know, okay. <laughs> I know how we feel about Michael Bay. We've all enjoyed his work. Yeah. Um, he can be a little crazy. He can be a little crazy. But luckily, he's got the hotness, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he says that Steven Spielberg told him to stop making the Transformer movies after the third one. I agree um, with him. He also says that he was a uh, spiel. He looked back on it and goes, Spielberg was probably right. I probably should have stopped. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the first, the first one was really good. The second one was okay. The third one started falling apart and then Wahlberg stepped in and, and it just, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of rough. The fifth one was just awful. Never even got that far. I I never got past the first one. Really? Um, I watched the first one, thought it was okay. I think everyone was said it was so amazing, and then when I finally watched it, I was like, oh, it's, it's all right. It's not great. It's not bad. It have a lot of hype. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, I think what made it so good—I mean, it, it found a way to kind of modernize the Transformer thing, but still honor the Transformer. Like, I don't know. Like, Shia did a really good job. Yeah, I liked it's, it. It's the one movie that Megan Fox didn't try to ruin. 
Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, now Michael Bay did direct all five of the, well, the first five Transformer movies. He stepped away and just, and that's where like Bumblebee, like he didn't direct it. Like, and that's kind of in its own, like, you think it's in a separate universe? I'm not 100% sure. I know I watched it. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, like, it was way better than like number four and five. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that much. Um, oh. But yeah, Michael Bay was like, maybe I should have stopped after three and handed the reins over to other people or, you know, let, you know, just produce it like I'm doing now. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a rare, rare bit of honesty from a director going, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, we need, we need more of that. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, right, so who watched what this week? Uh, well, did you guys watch Moon Knight? Yeah. I did. All right, we, we all watched that. Fuck yeah. I liked that a lot. I enjoyed something. it. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Watched that this morning. Interesting to see where they're going to go with it. Yeah, this was really an instance of I wished of all the series so far that this was the one that they did two episodes per week with like everything else they were doing because I was like, man, I can't believe it's over already. Like I want more right now. Like, I don't know, really dug it. That last sequence especially was really cool where you see him transition. Like, right, yeah, that's cool. I do, I do hope. That because uh, I don't know how many episodes this is supposed to be, um, so I do I do hope that we get more into you know who Mark Spector is because I mean I don't because I don't know what they're doing because they've changed the story enough that I don't know because in the comic book in the comic book Mark Spector is the actual guy. And Stephen Grant is one of the is one of the personalities. Mm. Where it seems in this version, Stephen Grant is the personality or is the main guy, and Mark Spector is one of the personalities. Um, mm. And we haven't really met No Shoe just yet, and what's going on there, or how he became Moon Knight just yet. So I'm imagining that we'll get an episode where they'll do that. Um, and I, I'm kind of shocked to see somebody like Ethan Hawke show up in a Marvel thing because, you know, he tends to not do stuff like that. Like he is not really known for joining in on big budget, you know, high commercial stuff. So, yeah, you know, very yeah. interested in what's going on with that whole character. Because honestly, I don't know, like, I mean, as much as I enjoy Moon Knight and as much as he is, is one of my favorite characters, a lot of the reason he's one of my favorite characters is the look. And, and you know, he is, I mean, in the few books that I have read, he's just such a such a badass. I don't, but I haven't read as much of him as I have other characters. But there, there isn't as much of him out there as there is on other characters. Yeah, I like the interactions he has with his other personality too. Like in the whole... Uh... Uh, what is it that one scene where he's driving the ice cream truck? Yeah, 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 and he's like, All oh, the idiots back in charge. Yeah, I was like, All right, I like it. Yeah, 
I, I feel like it was really clever concept. I loved like the jump in time. I like I'm not familiar with any of the source material, but I was just I was really digging it. So that sounds like that's something we'll all continue to watch. Yeah, stamp of approval. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Uh, the only the only other thing I did is I went and seen Morbius too this weekend. Because I actually, I actually had a Saturday off, so I went and I I went and I saw it. Is that as is that as bad as everybody says it is? I enjoyed it. I mean, I usually don't go in thinking this is going to be bad, and I don't read any of the stuff the critics say. But I liked it. There was a couple fight scenes in there that it was a little dark, so it's kind of hard to to see exactly what was going on. But otherwise, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Is this part of the same timeline as everything else? They do tie it in together. There's a couple, there's a laughter credits thing that uh, that ties it in to gotcha. what's going on. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's two small after credit things on this one. This is what I've watched. Let's see. What what another one? I watched the. I watched a lot of Batman sixty six this week. Nice. <laughs> that that is there. There is so much fun happening in that show with just the the level of, of cheesiness and campiness that that's going on. It is so so such a good show. Like it is. It doesn't get its due for what it was. I'd, I'd recommend going back and watching that. It's it's so much fun. Nice. Are, are you going to rewatch the movie too then? The which one? The Adam West Batman movie. Oh uh, yeah, I watched that. I I re- I watched that because when when Hollywood Babylon was doing their cape commentaries, they they did the cape commentary on the movie, so I had already watched like the first season and like I was about halfway I don't know how far into the second season I was when they they stopped doing it or when they took it off of the Roku channel so I had to borrow it from you so that I could finish watching it and then they stopped doing it so I stopped watching them and then you were like yeah you should watch them and I was like you're right now I've just been binging out on it they've been a lot of fun yeah I don't know if you were going to rewatch the movie after you're done with the series no, I mean I watched it already. I think I watched it in the order of when they would have filmed the movie compared to like the you know when everything else. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. I honestly like it really sets a template for how I think a lot of modern superhero shows or superhero movies should be done. Like give you the barest amount of origin and then move on. Like don't like you don't have to go over it all every time. Like yeah. we don't need the backstory. Like we don't need to see Thomas and Martha get killed every time. Like moving on. Like we all know it. Like just mm-hmm. and you know, like almost every one of these villains, like they just show up and, and they're all like, Oh, it's the Mad Hatter again. And you're like, Well, who's the Mad Hatter? Well, they already know who the Mad Hatter is. Who cares? Moving on. You'll catch up. <laughs> you can catch up later on, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that you know, I don't know. I mean, it's 
and they don't take themselves too seriously. Like you can definitely tell they were having fun with it. Anyway, I mean, so there, there's my review on something from 1966. <laughs> That's perfect. Spoilers on that one. <laughs> mm. We got a celebrity death. Stell Harris. Oh yeah, that uh, happened today. Yeah, I mean, Seinfeld. Yeah, probably the most iconic. I mean, yeah. she's, she's in a lot of things, but yeah, when you see her, that's the first thing you think of is George's mom from Seinfeld. Yeah, right. So good honor. <laughs> yeah. She's ninety-three. I mean, what more can you ask for? Don't get greedy, Estelle. <laughs> What a lot of what a lot of people consider to be one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. So, hell so, yeah, fuck yeah! They started rerunning them on uh, Comedy Central recently, and it's been like really fun to watch some of them again. It's like it's been so long since I've seen them, and I think ah, all of them are still. On Net- I think all of them are still on Netflix too. Mm, nice. Yeah, that I first. Think, that I think first I'm about season, ha- halfway done with the first season. That first season's a little rough. It isn't until I think the second or third season when it really finds its stride. I think yeah. they were still calling. I think the first season they were calling it like the Seinfeld Chronicles or something like that. And the first episode or two, that they don't even call him Kramer; they call him something else. Yeah, like yeah. It, yeah. There's a whole other group. There's their whole different dynamic, and it's it's interesting. But it's it's funny, like when once they find their footing, like a lot of the stuff that's like through lines to like the whole art Vandalay joke and the the import export, like that's coming out of like some of the first episodes. And like that's just a joke that keeps getting brought up over and over. Yeah. And the wanting to be an architect or you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So all right, well, you, you said you had some stuff to bring to us? That's what it was, uh, the stuff I've seen. Morbius, kind of a little review oh, on that. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to start talking about Morbius in the middle of it and then come back to it. I don't know if Jeremy watched anything. Uh, well, I watched, <laughs> I watched the new episode of Practical Jokers. Oh, I was going to watch that today, but I... I didn't realize they were still making episodes of that show. Yeah, they're coming back without Joe. And they have like a bunch of celebrity guests for each episode, it looks like. So, Mm. I don't know. It was funny. I liked it. I mean, pretty much what you would expect. But they added, uh, they do like some skits in between now. Um, Like really short little skits, like for interstitial parts. But everything else is pretty much the same. Interesting. I'll definitely watch it. I say the only other thing I've seen is it looks like Laramie won the bracket. Yep. Yeah. So I'll have to get get a hold of him and see what he wants us to do for for a bracket. So congratulations, Laramie. Um, you're the only one who didn't pick Gonzaga to win, and somehow, yeah, somehow you still beat us all. Um, Nicholas, you finished in dead last. Yep, dead last. Uh, Yay. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, I was looking at it um, a little bit ago, and he has a max score of 68. Yes, I have it pulled up right now. I was looking at it. So the max score for the person who can possibly win it all, if North Carolina wins the tournament, the, the guy who could win the whole CBS bracket challenge is 167 points. <sighs> That's how bad our group was. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, guys. Like, looks, it looks like you had the most correct picks, but you still finished in last. Because all of my correct picks were like the first two rounds or first <laughs> round. Then I got everything wrong. Yeah. So when, when you started getting actual points for it, um, yeah, if Kansas wins, the number one guy can get 164. So, yeah, I mean, that's, again, how bad our group was. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year we'll try to break 100. Yeah. <coughs> Do a little more research than two you hours know, before the bracket starts. I don't know if research helps, but, you know, it is what it is. So, but, yes, congratulations to Laramie, the host of Moving Panels podcasts. Um you have won the pop culture roulette bracket challenge. Uh, so your prize will be to let us know what you want us to construct a bracket about. And we'll dedicate a whole episode and your whatever bracket you want us to, to do the debate. We do, we do like brackets. With, with, within reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So anyway. Oh, I got... Right on. Do we want to tease people about our special episode next week? Oh, let's do that. Let's do some teasing. (laughs) Don't be creepy, Nicholas. (laughs) You want to know what's coming up next? I instantly regret this. (laughs) Yeah, me me too. I mean, next week on Pop Culture. You think we'll fit that all into one episode, or is that going to be a two-parter? Ooh. Well, I guess we'll find out when we record it. I mean, you know, yeah. we'll just only time will tell. Wow, it's a big one. It could be a two-parter. So, do we want to drop a hint as to what it is, or I think just... I just did. Maybe they, maybe they can comment, give us their their guesses. If you guess correctly, we'll be sending you a prize pack. <laughs> well, we know. Allegedly. No, we won't. <laughs> this guy oh. was supposed to get diversion stickers a long time ago, and it never happened. So, allegedly, there's no hope for any future prizes. Yeah, and by this guy, I mean Damon. Actually, was supposed to get those <laughs> back when they, we had uh, our old show. They got lost. They got lost in the mail. Yeah, sometimes that happens. You know, you can't trust some of these postmen around here. Now, things get lost all the time. A little sketchy. Yeah, a little sketchy. <laughs> so, all right. It's kind of crazy to have the anniversary already. I mean, actually should have been like a little while back, but it feels really nice to have another 52 with you guys coming up. Yeah. yeah we didn't miss that many episodes this time either. We really no. didn't. 
no, it's it's been we've we've had a pretty good run. I mean, yeah. granted, granted that ignores the hundred and one episodes we did of the original pop culture roulette, and then the seven or eight episodes we did when we tried to do point cubed. But true, true. But you know, that, whatever. And, that, and then the hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, you know, after we knocked the rust off of the first couple episodes, I, I think we've been doing some quality work. Oh, I, I agree. Maybe our maybe our fan can comment and let us know and tell us how how he thinks we're doing. Um, if it's gotten better, yeah. if it's gotten worse, it will stay the same. So you know, let us know. Oh, give us give us some uh, give us some love or some constructive criticism. We uh, promise not to. We promise not to slap you. <laughs> no, you speak for yourself. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I think I know the title of the episode. Yeah. Will Smith's Revenge. <laughs> yes. Allegedly, the new episode. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, I guess. Um, oh, I went and saw Lost City. Oh. All right. Okay. Don't even really know what that is, to be honest with you. That's that, new, <laughs> that's that new Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum movie. Okay. I mean, still, still what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, Sandra, Sandra Bullock is a romance novelist who her and her husband were like actual like archaeologists, but she fell into becoming a romance novelist and then her husband passed away and then blah, blah, blah. But she was writing about this civilization that had long since passed away and, and like they had uncovered a lost city for it. Daniel Radcliffe is a crazy multi-millionaire billionaire who kidnaps her to make her help him find this like treasure of some kind. And Channing Tatum is her cover model. So kind of like a Fabio. Okay. And, and he's out to prove that he's not just a joke. And so he tries to rescue her. And uh, it's... Um, any chance that either of you have seen a 1984-1985 movie called Romancing the Stone? No. I've heard okay. of it. All right. It's very reminiscent of that. I mean, it's different enough that it wasn't like just a remake or a ripoff, but you can definitely tell that the people who made Lost City had seen Romancing the Stone and were inspired by. Well, it was fun. I mean, Channing Tatum has some real comedy chops that you wouldn't expect. And Sandra Bullock is always quality. Um, All right. I would, I would, this is not a spoiler because Brad Pitt is literally in the trailer, but Brad Pitt has a pretty fun cameo. Nice. Hmm. No, I'd recommend it. It's going to, I guess it's going to be on, I don't remember if it was Paramount or Peacock. I think they said 45 days after it was in the theater, so like a month from now, anyway. But you know, we went and saw it anyway because we, we had the day off and we wanted to go see a movie and just you know, we 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 both thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah, I might try to do that more on um, on Saturdays now that I'll have Saturdays off. I might try to go to more movies and catch up on some of this stuff. So so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so anyway, I guess if you are 
Will Smith and you've gotten mad about something, or if you are the Razzies and have dedicated an entire uh, category to one actor who has a, a, a disease of some kind, uh, maybe just remember that uh, stupid never walks alone. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores? Is the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast.